The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in-depth discussions about leadership. You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is your host, Bernard Robinson. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Bernard Robinson, and I thank you for joining me this morning. Our show today is entitled, Your Pathway to Becoming a Transformational Leader. It is part one of two segments that are devoted to providing perspectives and instructions on the things leaders can do to not only be effective leaders, but have an impact that is transformational. If you're a leader right now, or a leader in the making, you'll be excited about joining in on this conversation. As you do, I'd love your reactions, your questions, and your responses. As you know, you can call to this show toll-free at 1-855-472-5790. Or during the show or afterwards, you can send me an, an email at leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, while there are a host of questions that I will pose for your consideration, perhaps the most foundational to frame our discussion and our conversation are these two. What kind of leader do you want to be? More importantly, what kind of leader are you right now? In terms of context, these frame the side posts to continue or to allow you to decipher uh, where do I put what I'm listening to and what hopefully you'll be learning. The question is, where are you now? Your current state. Where do you want or need to be? Your future or desired state. Your effectiveness as a leader uh, is framed around your being able to answer these two questions. They kind of form a continuum that you can use to determine and examine and really establish a pathway towards being a transformational leader. Well, I want to provide a good bit of content that I think is going to be very helpful to you. It's your task, and it will be your task, to put on the ideas, put all of those ideas you hear, those thoughts that are shared, on your own personal clothesline, if you will, your learning clothesline, that reflect your personal leadership pathway in ways that fit for you and your situation. I've made, however, a commitment to myself and to you to share with you what my thoughts, experience, and expertise are, and what research has shown me as well, to put forth what I believe is important, if not essential, to suggest to you what's needed to be both an effective and transformational leader. Your responses, your questions, your calls will, of course, enrich and shape the exploration of any idea that's presented and help us really enrich the conversation. So let's get started. In fact, let's start uh, our focus uh, at the end first and explore the question, what is it that makes a great leader? That's really 
a question that we'll round out in part two, but let's start at the end as we begin the discussion. As we pursue this question, what is it that makes a great leader? There are two other questions that kind of go along with them. One is, what are the different kinds of leaders? At some point, you have to consider that as well. And what is it that makes leaders different? You've seen leaders, you have leaders now. What are the different kinds of leaders that you're experiencing even now? And what makes the leaders different that you see and that you work with and that perhaps you know? Many years ago, I worked as a mental health officer. And in this role, my responsibility was to manage the affairs and quite frankly, the lives of a group of developmentally disabled adults who lived in an institution. My job was to provide the leadership of the staff of mental health counselors to accomplish this mission of helping my guys run their lives well. This experience gave me a front row seat of a myriad of styles, philosophies, and approaches to leadership. I was able to see a lot there. And institutions have their own way of operating in interesting lives, all of their own. Not only did I recognize and experience the challenge of leading and leadership, it was a terrific education. It helped me understand that the leadership continuum swung and swings between operating in ways that are transactional and those that are or seek to be transformational. That is to say, every leader is operating often on a day-to-day basis in ways that seek to find the balance between how do I operate or operating in a way that gets the job done. It's usually, if it's transactional, it's more narrowly focused on those things that are needed to get the job done. That get the job done is important for both kinds of leadership, but the transactional leader tends to focus on whatever is needed to get the job done, getting the results. Being the principal measurement of one's effectiveness as a leader, the focus is transactional in in the sense that It is predominantly focused on counting and measuring as a currency for judging one's effectiveness and that of the people. Let me give you an example. Respectfully stated, I would say, that is why I think the president, our president here in the United States, might criticize a member of his team for not getting something done. It is a more narrow view of leadership and places a higher premium on counting and measuring the results than perhaps a broader view. On the other hand, there are leaders who have the same transactional focus, that is getting the job done, but they tend to operate with both a mindset and actions that are more comprehensive in view and more transformational in intent and focus, thus making the focus very different. The transformational leader tends to view the role of leader as one that seeks, as Peter Drucker suggests, an opportunity to lift a person's vision to higher sights and raise a person's performance to a higher standard by using methods that tie into the needs of the individual performer and seeking to build relationships between the worker and the leader. Now, let me be sure I I clarify. I'm not suggesting that the transactional leader is bad leadership. I'm just suggesting that the focus is quite different. The difference between these two perspectives about leadership are what makes the leaders different. 
The question for you is, which one reflects, one, the kind of leader you are right now? Or, if you're not the leader, the kind of leader you'd want to be. Transactional versus transformational leadership is kind of what we're talking about. Now, before moving forward with these distinctions, it's important to point out, again, neither philosophical perspective is bad or good. It's just different. But what is the difference? Well, let's talk about that. Transactional leadership. The term transaction is defined as the act or process of doing business with another person, company, etc. The act or process of transacting business, something transacted, especially as an exchange that is an exchange between you and the follower in this case. Transactional leaders guide or motivate followers in the direction of the established goals by doing a number of things that are just designed to clarify the roles and get the tasks required. But this is accomplished in different ways. It's accomplished, for example, by a focus on rewards. In fact, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, focused on contingent rewards. That is, you do this, I'll do that. It's, it's focused on number two, management by exception. That is, you watch and you search and you're seeking for deviations as opposed to successes, if you will. So you want to make sure that the standards are set, but you're watching for not the achievement of the standard, but where those standards are deviated on. It's also management by exception. That is, it's more uh, the intervention is that uh, you kind of look at the standards as not being met. And so you look at those who are exceptionally good at meeting them and those who are exceptionally bad, and somehow you make a difference. I have a thought about both, and I'll share it later, in terms of what both really bring and what both really uh, add to you, depending on what kind of leader you are. So that's transactional leadership. What is transformational leadership? And, and what is it that frames a transformational leader? The term transformation is defined as a complete or major change in someone's or something's appearance form. It's, it's really thinking about transforming, like you see the children with the transformers. It looks like a box in one case or a little square, and later on you see it standing up and it's a wholly different fig figure. It's been transformed. It's, that's why we would call them, and they have called them, transformers. Well, transformational leadership is somewhat like that. Transformational leadership inspires followers to transcend their own self-interest, again, if you're thinking about this in terms of tying in with teams, it involves leaders using skills and the kind of behaviors that allow followers to feel that their views are engaged along with the leader. It's typically done through these kinds of behaviors. Charisma. Uh, the transformational leader often will instill pride and gain respect and trust by providing a vision and a sense of a mission. So they really kind of laying that vision out as part of the energy for you to follow them and to feel that you can achieve different things. They use inspiration. Their communication are really not communicating on what you haven't done, i.e. transactional, but more on high expectations and using those expectations to help you consider doing better. It's kind of called the, the principle of communicated expectations as being a way to motivate folks to know that they can do at least to strive to do what it is you believe they can do.
It's also done by intellectual stimulation, that is, promoting the intelligent, rational, rational and careful problem solving of those who are working along with you. And it also is characterized by individualized consideration, giving kind of personal attention. One of the things you've always, some of you who've listened to me for a while, will know that I believe relationships are everything in all else's details, as you hear me say. Well, in things that you hear me talking about around transformational leadership and the differences between transactional and transformational, the whole notion of relationships is, is played out in these two uh, different styles of leadership. So, there's a problem, though. The problem is this. With transactional leadership and being a transactional leader, uh, is that the leader is seen and experienced as both authoritarian and political. Now, th- neither of those are bad, authoritarian or political, with regard to understanding the context within which they are used, because all of them are useful at some point. But the leader is seen and experienced as both authoritarian and political. And again, that's not bad per se. However, what it does, it invites ultimately division and subtraction, if we're thinking about math, the transactional leadership and the transactional leader tends somehow over time to invite division and subtraction. On the other hand, the transformational leader and transformational leadership tends to invite a more uh, consultative and evaluative style of an approach to leadership. It invites addition, as I call it, and multiplication. One leads to what I call loss and kind of a downward spiral in the relationship that leaders have with those who follow them. The other leads to or attempts to move you to gain in what I kind of call an upward spiral. And you have to ask yourself the question, which one allows you and allows me to create the best relationship with those I desire to lead or who are obliged to follow me. Again, let me repeat that. Which one will allow me to create the best relationship with those I desire to lead or who are obliged to follow me? Because remember, the quality of your leadership is impacted by the quality of your relationship. And in fact, the quality of your relationship will in fact influence or have an impact on the impact and and the power of your influence. Now, before we talk with leadership and talk about leadership style, I want to give you a quote that I use in my training. And the simplistics simply says this, leadership is more about who you are than what you do. Because sure enough, who you really are will ultimately be manifested in what you do. The name others will give it is their definition of your character. However, it is you who determines the image they see. So the question is, what kind of leader, again, starting from where we started, do you want to be? And how do you get to the place where you're a transformational leader? Now, most of you perhaps have read about leadership style. So I want to move from this notion of transactional, transformational, to talking about the leadership style, different types of leadership. Um, a leadership style, if you, for definition, refers to a leader's characteristic behavior or behaviors, 
when attempting to direct, motivate, guide, manage groups of people. You know, the the job of, of a supervisor, of course, is to, um, to plan, direct, guide, uh, evaluate, and, uh, and there's one other I'm missing. But this whole notion of different types of leadership uh, is a part of a continuum. And, and your leadership, and researchers have suggested that, describe many types of leadership styles. However, there are really five that I tend to point to, and those five I want to give you. Uh, and they're just a few because you can find others, but they tend to be along the continuum. And they actually are on a continuum. I call it the leadership styles matrix. And the other point I make is that situations guide the particular style you select. That's why no style is necessarily absolutely not good. It just depends on the situation. But the first style of leadership is authoritarian. It's a leadership style that essentially tells. It's a telling kind of style. Uh, you, you tell and others do. It also, it, it, the next style is called political. They tend to focus on selling. They identify the problem and try to get you to kind of buy along uh, with what their particular position is. The third style is what's called evaluative. And what you do with the evaluative style is tend to test. You really begin at the evaluative style and move from authoritarian to a plan and a place where you begin to look at getting input from others and testing ideas that you've put out on the table. The fourth one is participative. It's it's more person-centered or group-centered, and it's one of the ones you hear when you hear participative leadership. Well, participative tends to consult. Unlike the authoritarian who tells you what to do, the, the consultative, participative style essentially lays out a problem, presents it, presents the background, and then suggests and asks for your input, still making the decision. It's probably the one that makes most sense for most businesses, particularly as they're growing. The final one is laissez-faire joins. Uh, the laissez-faire is one where the problem is identified by the members. The, the leader doesn't have any involvement with the identification of the problem. The leader, the, uh, the, the, the followers do. Not a bad style necessarily, it depends on, again, the situation. Now, we're getting ready to come up on a break here in a, in a short minute, uh, 30 seconds in fact. So on the other side of the break, I want to pick up on this notion of leadership style and move us further. And of course, again, I invite your questions. So get ready, stay tuned, and we'll continue this discussion as we talk about the pathways to transformational leadership. I'm glad you joined me. We'll talk right after the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Welcome back, and thank you so much for being here at the Leadership Forum, making an impact through the through effective leadership. When we left before break, we were talking about the different styles of leadership along a matrix. And I want to give you just, and I gave you kind of a snapshot of each one, authoritarian tells, political cells, evaluative tests, and so forth. But I want to just give another little a snapshot for each one of these, starting with the authoritarian leader or authoritarian leadership. Sometimes this leadership is called autocratic. Authoritarian leaders are also known sometimes autocratic leaders. They usually provide clear expectations for what needs to be done, when it should be done, how it should be done. And this style tends to be very clear. You know what it is, when it is, how it is. There's a clear division between who the leader is and who the members are. And often, depending on the style of the leader, the leader makes that very clear and very plain. On the other hand, the notion of being a political or participative leader is more what would be sometimes called a democratic leader. Uh, This style uh, and studies have shown that uh, participative leadership, also known as democratic leadership, is typically one of the most effective leadership styles. Democratic leaders offer uh, guidance to group members, but they also are in participation with the group. You're moving from being, it's all about what I say, to it's about what I say and what we say together, if you will. It's more a participative democratic leadership style. It operates kind of in the middle. Now, I mentioned authoritarian, and then I said political. Well, I put political, and, and depending on how it's operated, it can be part participative uh, or it can be more or less, I should say, authoritarian. 
But this whole notion of participative leadership is more of what I described as evaluative. It's more participative. It's more engaging. It, it in fact, in, enlists folks thinking and in, in participation. Uh, it is the one where I mentioned consultative uh, approach. That's what the participative leadership, the democratic leadership uh, looks like. So you move from authoritarian to democratic to what could be considered uh, the laissez-faire leader or the delicative leadership. And that's where you really are not, I would like to say, uh, really concerned about leading per se, telling folks what to do. They essentially can take that onus, if you will, to tell you where we need to go. Now, some would say, well, that's not leadership. Well, it depends on the situation again. One of the things that's important for you to plug in in your own reading and thinking about what we're talking about today is the whole notion of the situation. Each of these styles of leadership along this continuum are intended to help you know how to be, again, a transformational leader, but know that you apply the particular leadership style that's required depending on, if you will, the situation. And so the situation is tremendously important. In fact, many of you may have heard or maybe even have taken courses in, in universities that are called situational leadership. It's a science that at least started with Hershey Blanchard, if I'm not mistaken. And so it's, it's, it's out there, but it really is based on these five different looks at the styles of leadership. But the situation is critically important. Uh, the situation could be as varied as your relationship time that's involved, a whole bunch of different factors. But transformational leadership, if you will, is often identified as the single most effective style, going back to place these five into context. Transformational leadership is often identified as the single most effective style. This is a style that's been around and been talked about since the 70s. And it was expanded later by a researcher named Bernard Bass. Uh, transformational leaders tend to be emotionally intelligent, which some of you know about as well. They tend to be passionate and energetic. And you may find that you have leaders around you who really fit that mold. On the other hand, transactional leaders uh, in leadership style view the leader-follower relationship as a transaction again. One of the main advantages of this leadership style, though, is that it creates a clearly defined role and clearly defined roles. People know what they are required to do and what they uh, will, will be receiving in exchange for completing that task because it is a transaction. You do, I'll do. You get, this is what happens. Uh, but situational leadership, again, it, it plays a role in the process. Now, I wanted to ask you this question to lead into a discussion about transformational leadership. And and that is, at this point in the game, what style do you think has the greatest impact? I've kind of stated it, my own thoughts, the research says. But what are the kinds of leaders that tend to uh, be transformational in, the, in their impact? I mean, when you think about leadership styles and the names that you've heard perhaps, uh, what kind of leaders tend to have a transformational impact uh, in the lives of those who are followers? Who are these leaders who tend to get results that allow for, for folks to really be feeling like they are not only engaged, 
but they're in an upward spiral. They're engaged, they're a part of the process, and the leader is making a transformational impact on the work and on their lives. Well, one of those styles, and I'll give three, in fact, I'll talk about the fourth one, but visionary leadership. Uh, visionary leaders, and I don't know if this captures you if, if you're listening, has the ability to create and articulate a realistic, a credible, a very attractive vision of the future. In fact, I have a model that I use in a training called the climb model. It's ability to create a clear and compelling vision of where you want to go in a, such a way that it captures both the person's understanding, their head, if you will, and their hearts, that it really excites them to think this is the vision that we're working towards. And it doesn't have to be uh, a paragraph or two. It can be simply a few words. But it somehow is a clear and compelling articulation that's credible and attractive. It's a vision, and that's what visions do. Visions are attractive. They're almost like magnets. But one has to, if they're going to be a visionary leader, be able to clearly communicate a compelling vision. The second kind of leader that tends to have a transformational impact is what's called the servant leader. Now, servant leader is really a philosophy as well as a set of actions or set of practices. What it seeks to do is to enrich the lives of those who are, are, are working with you and building the organization that you're working in in a way that you essentially are making sure that those folks who are working with you have what they need to be uh, effective and successful. You serve the needs of those who are those who are on the line, creating the results that you need and helping your business achieve the goals that it's set for itself. It's a servant leader. Uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful uh, way of leading, and it takes a tremendous amount of self-assurance and maturity, if you will. The, the servant leader is a servant first. Uh, I like the quote that reflects this by a guy named Jack Welch, and he simply said, before I became a leader, it was all about me. After I became a leader, it was all about them. That's the mindset of a servant leader. And it, it really recognizes this thesis that caring for people, uh, the more able you are to increase and, and allow them to be able to do what's needed. And the way you try to empower everyone uh, is really uh, the rock of a, of a solid organizational uh, context for having folks work and leading as a servant leader, it's really a good way to build society, quite frankly. But it is not the only way to have a transformational effect, but it is one of the ways. Now, some of the most well-known advocates of servant leadership uh, include names that you may have heard like Clint Blan uh, Ken Blanchard, Stephen Covey. Uh, who's passed, of course, uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Sengay. These are all guys who have been around, and uh, Margaret Wheatley and M. Scott Peck, and these are others who have talked about and really have a philosophy and practices and expressed ways of using and understanding uh, servant leadership as a way of making sure that the people who are working with you feel that you're having a transformational impact on their lives. The third one is moral leaders. Uh, that is leading ethically, ethically, those who tend to have a set of morals and essentially tend to live by them. Uh, they have a sense that uh, who they are, that quote I was suggesting earlier, 
is important and their moral and ethical stance are important. Uh, their behaviors then are reflected by consideration of not only getting things done, that is the means of getting the goal accomplished, but the reality of how you go about getting it done, the moral content of your behavior. Is what you're doing the right thing to do? And can you live with it? Is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it the way you should do things? Even though it may in some cases feel like it's not the right way to get the the job done, the means, if you will. But those are the three kinds of leaders that tend to uh, have an impact that's transformational. Now, I want to go back to this word uh, charismatic. Uh, in in my classes, often I'll ha- we'll have these discussions as we have time on this notion of charismatic leadership because sometimes charismatic leadership is thought to be the preeminent kind of leader that one should seek to be. Uh, charismatic leaders are those for whom followers attribute these heroic or extraordinary leadership abilities. Uh, and and they are not wrong in some cases of folks being very, very competent. But, but actually, charismatic leaders have a process that they go through to be char- charismatic or to be seen as charismatic. One of those is somewhat picked up on what was stated earlier. They have a vision and they have the capacity to articulate this. John Kennedy, who, of course, uh, was one of our presidents, uh, was considered to be a charismatic leader. He had a vision, and he was able to articulate it. And most folks who heard his speeches will remember it's not what your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. That was one of those visionary articulations that people and and folks remembered. I know I did. And, And you always remember it almost. But a charismatic leader can be actually grown, if you will, to be uh, have an impact that's charismatic. Uh, they end up taking the personal risk. They end up uh, having a sense of uh, sensitivity around what's going on in the environment around them. They're always sensitive to followers. And the behaviors that they have sometimes are outside the box. Now, the interesting thing about all these styles is what would happen if you could be a part of all of these styles that makes sense when you need them. Essentially, if you will, these are the styles that you can pull on because the idea is that if you're going to be a transformational leader, you don't really operate just with one style. You operate with a style that allows you to move between styles that allow you to always be sensitive to the basics of transformational leadership. That is, being able to understand that the way in which you get things done is through people, if you will. It is all always all about people and recognizing, kind of like the three-legged stool that I mentioned very early in our conversations, that is the three-legged stool being one of those things where if you do not have a relationship that's effective with those who follow you, if you're not seen as a person with character, uh, if you're not able to be trusted, then you're impact as a leader are going to be compromised. So whatever kind of leadership style that you have, it's really fashioned around this three-legged stool. You have a leader, you have a follower, you're in business to achieve a goal. Well, the ability for you as a leader to influence the follower is based on the relationship you have with that, those, that follower or those followers. 
those relationships, if they're based on, and if you're seen as one who has both character and you can be trusted, people tend to want to follow you. They tend to want to listen to you. They tend to be able to be influenced. They tend to begin to believe that there's something that you can bring to the table that helps transform their existence as followers. And so the whole idea of this discussion about transactional and transformational is for you to get the picture that, and you have to make the choice, of course, which leadership style is the best for you to use, which one will allow you to have a transformational effect. That's kind of the nature of this distinction on the pathway that you have. So uh, the question I would raise for you even at this point is put down for yourself, even where you are, in your mind, your mental note, or on paper, what's your leadership style and what's your leadership philosophy? And finally, where are you on the continuum of being a transformational leader between transactional and transformational? If it was a scale from one to 10, where would you be between transactional and transformational? My bias would be you'd be somewhere in there between one and 10. Where would you be? I'd like you to take a minute and think about those questions in your mind's eye or on paper and begin to consider what is it that you need to do, you would want to do, you think you need to do to get back to the basic questions we started with, which were, uh, what kind of leader, oh no, I should say, let me be clear, what kind of leader do you want to be, and what kind of leader are you now? Those are the basic questions that we started with. So what kind of leader are you right now? Where are you right now as a leader on the scale of one to 10 between transactional and transformational. And more importantly, if you're not at a 10 or an eight or nine or 10, what's gonna allow you to move to the place where you would want to be seen as and you would be feeling yourself operating as a transformational leader? That's, that's your challenge. So I'd like uh, to get you prepared for a break that we're gonna take here in about 30 seconds. And once we come after the break, I wanna pick up on a discussion that we're leaving now on transformation and move us from there to talk about uh, the kinds of skills that one needs to be effective in general. So, we'll be uh, back in touch. Please don't leave, Uh, stay tuned. And we'll be talking again after the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. 
Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernardi Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Thank you. Welcome back, and thank you for staying with and staying tuned. If you're just tuning in uh, to the show and just tuning in to uh, our conversation, we're talking about uh, the pathway towards transformational leadership. That's been our topic today. We're talking part one of where we may go to a part two later on uh, in in the show's schedule. Uh, there's a question that comes out of uh, a, the last discussion we had when we were talking about the whole notion of moving from transactional to transformational. And while we were having the discussion, we were also talking about the whole idea of your making a decision of what kind of leader you are and what your answers were to the two questions that we raised. What, what kind of leader are you? Uh, do you want to be, I should say, and what, what, where, what kind of leader are you now? And, if you will, where are you on a, a continuum between transactional, let's say, being at a one, uh, somewhere between one and four, and transformational, somewhere between, say, seven and ten? Where are you on that continuum? So I want to continue with that notion because I also talked about uh, this three-legged stool that I often mention, this whole idea of the leader and the follower being in in, in cahoots, if you will, together to achieve a goal and that the leader needing to have relationship, character, and trust. Well, one of the questions that would be posed for us to continue this notion uh, is what are the characteristics uh, you most admire in a leader? I'm not asking you that question for you to think about it only, uh, only on your own. But those questions, or that question has been asked over over time, uh, really since 1987 by a researcher. And I wanted to point out the seven characteristics, actually more than seven, but I actually narrowed the list down, that uh, seem to be always on the list. And I'll mention them in this order because this first one is always on the list. The seven characteristics that I picked out uh, was honest, that is, the leader is honest. The second one is the leader is competent. Now, when you look at competent, think about trust. The third is intelligent. The fourth is dependable. Again, you can think about trust. 
The, four, the fifth is caring. That is a leader who is caring. And the sixth is a leader who is mature. Let's call it emotional intelligence. As well as self-control. Let's call that emotional intelligence a leader as well. So when you think about the different kinds of considerations that you have to work with and you are working with, your, your followers are looking for those same characteristics in you. They're looking for a leader who is honest, competent, intelligent, dependable, caring, mature, and self-controlled. At least the others, but those are the first and top seven I'd lay out at you to consider. So having said that, when are you leading? When would you say that you're really leading? That's kind of a, a question I'd put out. When am I leading? Now, for me, when I think about and talk about leadership, I get excited. I always get excited to talk about leadership. Uh, in fact, it's a passion. Uh, in thinking about a way to show the connection between management and leadership, the picture that comes to mind is the kind of Chinese yin-yang symbol. They really are kind of both tied in together with leadership being the, pre the pre preeminent one. But if you are not aware of how to manage or what management role is in the leadership process, you're kind of missing a part of the yang, if you will, or the yin. Uh, the symbol reflects the kind of symbiotic relationship between the two roles of manager and leader. Uh, and each role is different, but they're closely related. Uh, leadership is the art, and management is the science. Uh, but both require honesty and character, some of those same characteristics that you heard a minute ago. The difference is that management is the process of administering the work of the business planning, organizing, directing, controlling, and evaluating work, which is what managers and supervisors do. Uh, but leadership is the ability to influence. So the question that this notion, when am I leading, is answered somewhat by the word influence. What does influence mean? Uh, at, its, at its core, how would you define influence? Well, obviously, we can't, unless you send me, call me, we can't talk about that, but I love you too. But the word influence means I'm able to have a person think about, uh, feel about, and act upon what it is I think is important and feel, think, and act towards what I would like to have done almost in the same way that I do at its highest level. Uh, at its core, leadership is the ability to, to influence. It's ability to cause change. Uh, the way that it's done involves the methods a leader uses and the way they go about getting another person to think and feel the way they do about a matter uh, to the extent that they're willing to behave or act in a way, uh, in the way you'd like them to and getting the work done. Uh, now, how do leaders influence another person? Um, there's probably nothing more crucial to a leader's success or that of a business than leading with the ability to influence others. Again, I mentioned earlier a whole notion of relationships. Executives must influence their workforces, upperly mobile, ambitious employees, uh, uh, millennials, uh, Generation Y, whatever they are and whoever they are, the whole notion of being able to influence folks is what leaders do. And the real work of influencing, and that is leading, is accomplished through communication. And the real understanding of how to view influence uh, in leadership 
is that it's in, at its core, it's a social influence process. That's to put, let me give you the example. If I wanted you to, and I'm your, your quote-unquote leader, to uh, follow me, I'm going to be more, most effective if I'm able to have some kind of social impact with you, social connection with you. Simply put, if you're going to be effective or successful in influencing another person, it will occur first of all based on or because of your ability to communicate and establish that relationship and build that relationship. And of course, the question could be, well, how do you how do you influence another person? Well, let me give you my three three part take on that. In order for you to influence me or me to influence you, I have to think about, uh, and it occurs really at three levels. Uh, I influence you based on a kind of a confluence or connection with my values to yours. I influence you by uh, somehow emotionally connecting with you, and I influence you by somehow intellectually uh, in connecting with you. That is, we have some kind of connection at a uh, people level, an emotional level, uh, an intellectual level, and a value level. And so I, I'm able to get you to, if you will, do what, what it is that I think would be important for us to get done. And that's the way I begin to approach the influence process. But all of it starts with communication. Um, think about it. Who are the influencers in your organization? And if you would, uh, identify the, the person in your organization right now who you would say is perhaps the one who is the top influencer, the one who has somehow the ability to influence what goes on in an organization. Now, I'm not talking about the CEO necessarily because that's their position, but I'm talking about, an, or even a, a particular title of a position, I'm talking about who is the person who really has influence. Uh, and, and when you get that person, I want to ask you this other question. How you assess, how would you assess their communications? What is it that you see or what is it that they do that you and others in the organization see that makes them effective? How does communication uh, relate to their ability to influence that person that you've identified? Now, I would suggest that when you think about that person, you would probably associate those three elements that I mentioned, emotion, values, and logic, although we haven't defined what each of those are. But those are the kinds of things that are needed for you to influence folks, and quite frankly, those are the kind of attributes that are needed for a transformational leader to have a transformational impact. Uh, the whole notion of leadership influence. And so I wanna talk about leadership influence and talk about um, how do leaders gain the privilege and the authority to lead. See, you actually are probably, if you if you are the leader in charge, but you really also have to gain the, the privilege to lead because even though I might do what you would like to have done, I'm really wanting to have you gain the privilege of me following you. So the question was, how does the leader gain the privilege and the authority to lead? Well, I want to introduce five levels or the five levels of leadership influence. And I want to lead from and talk with, about them from the bottom. Now, this is one where if you have something to write, 
with, it would be great for you to write it down. However, the other thing that you can do is you can know that uh, in my book, The Skills of an Effective Leader, this is laid out very clearly for you, but I want to just draw your, your attention to these levels of influence because I think they may be useful in your process of becoming, again, more influential yourself. And so level one, level one uh, influence is, is kind of the position that you're in. Let me put it like this. You're given the position of the chief of... Uh, your unit, and you're given that title, whatever that title position would be. It's like the, the the rights that you're given. You've been given rights to do certain things. And so your influence is given or based on your rights. Uh, you've been given the title of XYZ, and you have rights that come with that title. And it is uh, a situation where as a leader, uh, you are able to influence others because they have to because you have the role. And followers respond to that in that same way. Uh, they follow you because they have to. And so I would say to you, that's probably the lowest level of influence. Level two influence is what's called permission. And permission is where the relationship starts. Now let me just say this too so I don't forget it. If we looked at this particular discussion about influence and we then went back and looked at styles of of leadership, you'd see a nice combination of, or relationship, a, certain, a kind of compatibility between the two. But level two is permission. That is, it's it's based on the beginning of a relationship. It's the next higher level uh, above position where people follow you because they begin to want to. And that's a big, a big shift. I'm not following you because I have to. I'm following you because I want to. Level three, that is the production level, that is where you have the capacity to influence another person because of the results that you achieve, the results that you seem to seem to always bring to the table. People follow you because of what you have done for the organization or for them. You'll see this happen often in the sports, sports world. Those who tend to be uh, the leaders on the team they have been extremely productive. You go through whatever favorite sport you have, you'll find that some of the folks who have the influence on a team are those who seem to be most productive. And so people follow them because of what they have done. They tend, followers do, to follow them because they've seen the success and it really has, and the person has, high morale because the follower that is. Level four is what I kind of call the people development, the reproduction phase. Now, you're making a shift between production and people development because at the people development level, people follow you because of what you have done for them. It really gets personal here. People development is not people development in general. It's people development of me. And so level four of uh, the whole notion of influence is this influence that comes because you have been good to me and good in that you looked out for my needs. You've been a servant leader. And so I follow you out of loyalty. Now, we'll talk a lot about loyalty if we had another time because not everybody is really keyed into loyalty like we used to, used to be when I was coming through the workforce many years ago. The final level, though, the top level, is what's called the uh, personhood level. And the personhood level is really the top level. It's a combination of all the others. People, uh, 
production and and uh, permission, and it's put it's where you get people follow you because you've led so well and helped so many for so long that you get the privilege of me following you. You really are a top flight uh, lit level uh, leader. You have top flight influence. So those are the the levels, if you will. Now. We're coming up on uh, the end of our program, and as I was concerned, we would probably run out of time to get to everything, but that's not a bad thing. We kind of get to where we need to be. But I want to get us to get to a place where we can end well. And so I'd say to you, think about this. Uh, Where are we now? Where are we now in terms of our discussion? Well, we've talked about the question, what kind of leader do you want to be? We've talked about what kind of leader are you now? And in terms of your effectiveness as a leader, where are you now? We've even given you a little test to say, gauge yourself between uh, transactional and transformational. We've distinguished between transactional versus transformational leadership. And we have come to a place where we need to end or get to the end of our program. We've got a few more minutes yet. So I want to just begin to get us to a place where we can get set for the next time we're together. Uh, we have a um, couple of things I'd like to get you to know. Tune in next week. We're going to pick up with a, a discussion of Dr. K. Anders Erickson. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a, a very important topic next week. Uh, so I want you to tune in to Not So Secret Requirements to Become a Top Performer. And we will pick up next week. I would ask you to consider being uh, in tune with me next week and have a great week thank you for joining in and, and being on and being with me on the leadership forum thank you for listening to the leadership forum making an impact through effective leadership be sure to join Bernard E. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week.